What is going on, everybody? It is me, back, Ian, from Clubhouse Chatter. Here I am with Isaiah Ishmael, who has been seen on CSTV 99 a couple times for his mic'd up baseballness. It's pretty funny, honestly. Like, how does it feel being mic'd up? Uh, I mean, well, what's up, everyone? I'm Isaiah. Uh, appreciate you having me on the We might have lost him here. Voice might have cut out. Oh, yeah. Now I can hear you. Uh, my fault, my fault. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty different because at the same time, you know, you got to you got to try and like talk and keep and keep active and, and you know give someone or give the people what they're listening to you know give them something to listen to so like you know I didn't want to be too quiet I know some people find baseball a boring sport but you know I did my best to you know keep everyone involved keep everyone active you know a lot of people have been asking me uh you know I think I might have lost him again you hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, I got you. Don't worry. It's completely fine. Yeah, it's, it's a bit harder doing these interviews, just letting everyone know. It's a bit hard doing these interviews, like, over the phone, because there can be connection issues, like you've seen on TV sometimes. All right, Zay? You can continue. hear me all right yeah all right so yeah uh like i was saying i'm sorry i keep getting cut off it, it was pretty different but like at the same time i was just trying to you know keep to myself be who i am and, and play the game that i love yeah i mean all of us here at clubhouse chatter we we love baseball we all do some a bit less than others but they still love their team they don't love the entire sport as a whole but they still love their team with passion, but yeah, we all love the sport. And I just love seeing like guys mic'd up because you get to see and feel what they're feeling at that point. Yeah, for sure. You know, like you get to be on the field, like live with them. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the, the pros, like they do it best, you know? Um, yeah. We, we all dream of, you know, playing pro ball and of course knowing what they talk about on the sidelines. So, you know, seeing any professional athlete mic'd up is honestly a dope thing to experience. Um, you know, being mic'd up, feeling like one of the pros, just, you know, going out there, chattering with the guys and having a good time. Yeah, definitely. So in the Centennial Conference, I did see you had a 387 batting average. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. And uh, 31 plate appearances, or sorry, 40 plate appearances. <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh, it was a good uh, half season that uh, me and my big Daniel Green Terror guys had. Um, you know, that was that was the COVID year, so we didn't get many games in. Um, if, if many people don't know my background, uh, I came from Cherry Hill West in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, I went to Rutgers Camden in Camden, New Jersey, uh, played a few semesters over there um, as a Scarlet Knight. Um, and then from there, I went over to McDaniel College over in Westminster, Maryland. 
Um, you know, great baseball program coach from uh, Grant Neary. Unfortunately, he's not there anymore. But, you know, I enjoyed my time over there. Uh, you know, COVID played a big factor then, and, and, it, and it hurt a lot of us, especially the seniors, a couple of the guys that, you know, I got really close to. But, um, you know, with COVID happening and all, uh, I decided not to go back to school. Um, I was blessed with the opportunity to, uh, you know, work full time for Perfect Game USA. Um, I'm now the Northeast Tournament Director um, of Perfect Game, and, and it's been a great experience, great opportunity for me. I've made a lot of connections along the way. Um, you know, a lot of travels involved, a lot of a lot of baseball. You know, this is a baseball podcast. I'm a baseball guy working for a baseball company. So I feel like it kind of all wraps around it. It's got the one big picture. Yeah, it's great to have you, as I said, or as I'm saying now. Sorry, yeah. but it's definitely great to have you on here. And we we've tried to get some interviews a couple of times. A lot of people haven't like seen it like seen our like messages that I've sent out, but mm-hmm. we did get an interview with uh, Benny Montgomery. Uh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. He's a good cat. With, uh, yeah. And Skylar Sanford, we also got one with, but those are the two ones we've had so far. But also I did see in um, 14, 15 in high school for uh, see cherry, cherry Hill West. Um, you had a two fifty batting average in uh four plate appearances with a run and a hit and an RBI that RBI being a double is yes, her. I only, I don't even know what year that is. That might've been my, uh, my junior year. I believe, you know, we had a good squad then a uh, couple of D one guys. Um, but yeah, but we had this curse back in high school, man. We always, we always got cut out of everything in the second round, whether it was playoffs, mm-hmm. whether it was like a tournament round, uh, we just got cursed my four years. So unfortunately, I wasn't blessed with a high school state ring or anything, but, you know, yeah. them, West, them West boys didn't end up getting one a couple of years after I left, so I'm proud of them. Yeah. But how was the experience playing in uh, college baseball? Uh, it was a good time, you know. I know a lot of people think that, you know, D1 is the dream. It's it's the best of the best baseball, but, you know, I'm here to tell you that they're wrong, you know. Um, you know, working in a baseball company now, I see it a lot more clearer, like, Every school, every level, every conference is is different in its own way. The competition is there. You kind of just got to stay on your grind and keep playing. Um, and, you know, it'll find you in a sense. Um, you know, playing at the D3 level, I played in a tough conference, the NJAC, uh, with Rutgers Camden, uh, Rowan as being one of the top D3 schools in the country. Um, and then on the other side, you know, when I was in the Centennial, John Hopkins is another school that's a top 20 team in the country. So, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, competition is going to be there, and it's where you see yourself, you know, best fit. If you want to go to a D1 school and, you know, redshirt your first year and, you know, grind to play and get yourself in the lineup, hey, I mean, I'll give you, you know, hats off, you know, stay on that grind. Um, but, you know, if, if you could think you could play anywhere, whether it's D1, D2, or D3, and, and you're ready to step on the field and grind, you know, just listen to the coaches, you know, focus on your academics, you know, make sure it's it's somewhere that you want to go. But college baseball, it, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. You know, I, I tell people it's a job, you know, it, balancing school, you know, balancing uh, social life as well as baseball. I mean, it, it's a lot of work. Um there are days you had 6 a.m. practices and then you got to have lift at like four with classes in the middle, making sure you find time to eat, you know, find time to, you know, relax, chill with the friends, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, baseball, it, it's a great sport. Playing it at the college level, it was definitely different. You kind of had uh, 
a little seniority, you know, that jock status, you know, walking through campus, you know, if you're a good squad, people recognize you, you know, they love coming out to the games. Um, you know, at McDaniel, our slogan was get on the hill. So it was cool for people to come out on the hill, tailgate those, um, you know, definitely in the spring when it's nice weather out, you know, everyone can just, you know, chill out and, and watch some good ball. Um, but yeah, college baseball, great experience. Uh, you know, do I wish I have taken a, a better route? Yeah, but you know, I enjoyed my experience playing and I hope everyone, you know, that that carries on, like wants to reach their goals, just keeps pushing, keeps grinding in the in the cages, especially in the classroom and living out those dreams. That's what, you know, that's what I do with work. I'm just trying to help these kids, uh, you know, get the exposure that they deserve and so they can live out their dreams playing at the next level. Yeah, that that's amazing, honestly. Like, to be able to help the kids get to the next level just and help that next generation of baseball players go up there is just incredible. For sure. For sure. I love it. You know, I love what I do. Um, you know, I'm 23 years old and I'm I'm honestly I can honestly say that I have the best job in the world. You know, I'm happy with what I do, who I work with. I feel like it's a major thing. You know, I get along with my coworkers. We're from all over. Um, so we have a great relationship, a great bond, and we all know what our mission is, you know, and, and I think that's what, um, you know, really gets us on the same page, really gets us grinding. And, you know, we have a good time doing what we do. Yeah. Now, what people don't know about this podcast is we could be earning money. Okay. But our the other co-founder, Grant, he's the one that does our runs our posts on our uh, page. And he suggested not getting into it because legal reasons. But a couple of days ago, I asked Andy what his thoughts on it were. And Andy said... Without the money, we're doing it for fun. With the money, it can corrupt people. Money can bring problems. And that really made me realize how good of a bond we all have. Like, we've been doing this since, uh, like, we've been doing this since August, like, 1st of last year. It was when we actually created this whole thing. But... We're all from like all over. Andy and Grant are in the same state, but Matt Max actually isn't in the podcast anymore. Sadly, he left. Um, but we're all scattered pretty much right now. But we all like still love to talk to each other about baseball and just have as much fun as we possibly can. That's awesome. You know, I feel I I think it's really cool what you guys have. You know, kind of brought from the ground your own thing, your own style. Uh, the fact that you guys are all from different places too kind of just, you know, creates a good bond, you know, a relationship that you guys are going to like carry on forever. Um, so I feel like that's really cool, you know, alongside of like, you know, going to school, playing college baseball in a different sport, you know, you meet people from all over the country that, you know, you grow a brotherhood with. And, you know, at the end of the day, you, you expect those guys to, you know, be at your wedding, you know, you know, watch your kids grow up, you know, stuff like that. So it's cool that, you know, something such as a podcast uh, with a hobby that you guys all enjoy can, you know, lead to something like that. Yeah. And if you're newer viewers, you may not know this. Grant and I were going to originally go into a different podcast, but it was a like joke podcast. And then we went to like our own like Instagram live. We started this one based on that Instagram live. And that's how the podcast started. And it was 
actually the night of my birthday too, which is kind of another ironic story. Like Grant and I's friendship started that night and the podcast started technically that night, but technically the next day. But I'm really glad that it's still going on there. There are times that I fear this thing would collapse, but we've kept going strong. Yeah. Our upload schedule is a bit shaky, but uh, we definitely do try because most of us are still in high school grants in college, which makes it even harder. Plus he's playing baseball at his college, Stevenson university, but it makes it really tough for us to like, record these episodes and stay up to date. So I do want to ask some like questions about you. What is your favorite baseball team? Oh, I'm a, I'm a Phillies fan all the way, baby. You know, I'm, I'm right. I'm 10 minutes from the bridge to Ben Frank. Uh, so not just baseball, but I'm Philly all the way through every sport. Okay. I'm, I'm a Rays fan. Okay, that's different. That's different. How, how did you become a Rays fan? Well, I don't even live in that state. Hmm. I live in North Carolina, but I became a Rays fan because the first ever baseball game of many I've been to was the Tampa Bay Rays game. We sat like three rows behind the Rays dugout, and I said to myself, whoever wins this game, it was at, tr- at the trough, and whoever wins this game, I'm going to become a fan of. The Rays ended up winning, and thank God they did, because otherwise I would be a Tigers fan. (laughs) But no offense to Tigers fans, but yeah. But, and I also, when I played Little League, one of the team, the team I was playing for like a year before was the Rays. So it was kind of interesting to do that. Yeah, that's different. Rays are a good team. They're definitely on the come up. Should definitely make a good playoff run here. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for the playoffs. Like, I actually got to see a baseball game this past year. We sat – so it was a funny story. We had, like, a connection from the Yankees organization who was going to get us tickets from the game. And the guy didn't respond until, like, 30 minutes before the game after we had already bought the tickets because we didn't think he was going to respond. He got us the tickets. We ended up going – they were first row behind the Rays dugout, but we went to go and get, yeah, we went to go and get concessions. And all of a sudden, this girl from the, this lady from the organization for the Rays is like giving upgrades for free out. And Whoa. she's actually from the organization. She's just giving out upgrades for tickets that are just open. They were right next, they were in the row right next to us. <laughs> wow. So we're just like, no thanks. Then like five minutes later, a young teenage couple comes up, sits in those exact seats, and they go on the call and just like, this nice lady came up to us asking if we wanted to upgrade our seats. (laughs) And all of a sudden, me and my father just look at each other and we're just laughing because it was the same exact lady. (laughs) That's that's a funny story. Yeah, that's a funny story. Sadly, the Rays didn't win, and that was back when they were on that, like, 18 or 11-game winning streak. Mm. I We could have gone – I'm really happy that we got went to that game. I really am. 
But the ironic part is we could have gone to any of the games beforehand or any of the or any of the three afterwards and the race would have won. Yeah, literally. And that was one game. Uh, but I still had a great time. All right, the hotel we stayed at was like you could see the trop there and it actually helped me see like a more peaceful part of life cuz pretty much all I could do the whole day was either play pool inside with my father who beat me every time but once. Um or just sit outside and stare out. And I pretty much spent the whole day sitting outside and staring out. It's pretty relaxing. I wish yeah. I could do the same out in uh, Tampa, Florida, St. Pete's. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think here of questions. Normally, I would have some prepared, but I just didn't have time today. I hear you. I haven't prepared. It's all good. Hmm. How how was the transition going from college to just doing what you do now? Uh, it was pretty tough. Um, you know, it was a tough decision to make in the first place just because uh, for me, it, it took a lot out of me to transfer, you know, leaving New Jersey and going out to Maryland, not saying that it's far. Um, but then, you know, I only was there for a few semesters where COVID kind of came into a factor. And then I was just, you know, doing school back home and it was like, do I really want to, you know, spend more money and take classes not knowing if I'm going to have a season to play baseball or, you know, do I do the opposite and, you know, start making money where I'm still around baseball. I'm just not playing and participating in the way that I want to do it. Um, you know, I'm still young. I still wanted to play, but in the end, it kind of worked out in my favor. You know, I was able to, you know, get my dream truck. I was able to, you know, start, you know, buying things that I never thought I would be able to buy, especially at a young age. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't all about the money. It was about, you know, doing something that I wanted to do and, you know, going to school, studying a major that, you know, I wasn't 100 percent on and I didn't realize it until afterwards. But, you know, it honestly worked out in my favor that I found something that I love and I enjoy. You know, I don't ever wake up in the morning and say, like, damn, I got to go to work. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those, yeah. like, all right, I'm up. I'm ready to go. Like, you know, what am I going to see today? Am I going to see a kid that throws 95 that, you know, a college coach is going to be there and can potentially offer him later that night? You know, am I going to see a kid hit one 450 over the trees? You know, whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, but it's a good time. I love what I'm doing. Again, like, I love who I work with, which I believe is a, is a major factor. You know, I tell people every time, like every weekend that I work, you know, I could write a little story on, you know, I'm I'm thinking about writing my own book at some point with what I what I encounter every weekend and uh, the ins and outs of perfect game. <laughs> yeah. You must be pretty fast Four stolen bases, zero times caught stealing. Uh, I mean, I'm all right. In high school, uh, one of my coaches used to call me shoes. Uh, you think that because I'm fast, but, uh, you know, I just like to wear, you know, fancy things on my feet. As you can see during the mic'd up videos, I had some uh, custom Kobe Grinches on. You know, I like to I like to pull up in style. You know, they say look good, play good. So that's what I'm all about. Hey, um, look good, feel good, play good. Exactly. The motto there is. Exactly. So, you know, I'm I'm about to drip on the field, you know, the drip off, off the field. You know, I just try to keep my – Keep my cool, you know, keep my head on straight, you know, not try to have a big ego. 
Um, I'm all right, though, on the base pass. I just try to be aggressive, not so much show my speed, but, you know, show my IQ and show that I'm aggressive with it. Here's something I always wondered from baseball players. Gotten hit by a pitch four times. Do you think those hit-by-pitches were intentional? Four times in in the same game or just four times in – Just four times in the season. You got hit four times in uh, the season against – for McDaniel. Yeah, nah, I mean, I've gotten, like, hit, like, multiple times in a game, um, you know, as many as three in a, in a game. And, and by the third one, I thought I thought it was pretty intentional, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, regardless of the weather, the ball slipping, whatever's, whatever pitch you're trying to throw, you know, if you get hit three times in a game, at some point you're going to try and feel like there's something out against you. Um, but you know, question. Were you uh, chirping that game? Nah, not then, not then. I, I tried to keep my cool. I was a little scrawny kid back in the day. So, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to say anything that was gonna get me in trouble. Um, but I don't think I've ever been thrown out thrown at intentionally. Um, you know, I, I'm not about the whole fighting and stuff. So like if someone were to throw at me, you know, I'll give them a quick stare down, you know, I'll chirp a little bit and we'll, and we'll let our game do the talking at that point. In one of the videos, you said the umpire was going to throw you out. How close was that umpire to actually throwing you out of the game? Honestly, like, I feel like in that moment, if I would have said, you know, one more word, he w- he was ready to throw me out. Uh, I came back into the dugout and and uh, one of my one of my teammates said that he's uh, that the umpire told me told him to tell me to, to keep my mouth shut or he's about to ring me up. So. After that, you know, I kept chirping, but, you know, I tried to keep it, like, away from him. You know, he yeah. I guess he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, he didn't have his coffee this morning, and uh, I got on him a little too early. But, um, like I said, I was surprised it blew up the way it did. Um, but, you know, I guess I made both of us famous because, you know, even though you can't see his face, you know his voice. Uh, so people have been bringing that up a lot. Yeah. Another question for you. How in the world – did you get away with them calling that foul ball on that play? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's a great question. Um, so honestly, that was probably one of the best pitchers we faced all year. Uh, Chris Rollins out of uh, Rowan Gloucester County College JUCO pitching coach. But I mean, throw some serious gas. He was probably up to like ninety, ninety one that night. Uh, hard breaking <laughs> slider. Um, so I don't know. Like it was pretty funny. It was an 0-2 count to our catcher, Tommy Gosset. And, uh, I mean, we all saw it clear as day that, you know, he whiffed. Um, it was prob- he probably took a few steps uh, down the line. and uh, But what happened was it had so much on it that the catcher just, like, clearly missed it. Like, he just it hit off his glove, maybe, and he just missed it. But, uh, jokingly, we were just, like, foul ball. And I guess the uh, home plate umpire thought the first base umpire said it. And the first base umpire thought the home plate umpire said it, so they were in discretion of yeah, it's a it's a foul ball. So the uh, the pitcher wasn't too happy about it. You know, he actually got in the umpire's face. the The first got base umpire, <laughs> yeah, the first base umpire was uh, not having a good night to begin with. And I think all of us, both teams, getting on him, he just had enough, so he didn't let uh, the pitcher get in his face uh, for much longer. And he said, uh, you know, have a good night, take your jersey off, and. Uh, See you later. <laughs> Did you guys end up winning that game? Yes. Um, it was honestly probably the best game we played. We honestly uh, swept playoffs. We went 6-0 and in playoffs. Uh, three best around uh, – three 
best of three series. Um, that was game one of the championship game. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday where you go down one nothing in the first. Uh, you know, one of our uh, Lloyd, uh, I call him Lloyd Christmas. He uh, hit a little bloop single. Um, Jake Sward off, another mic'd up guy scored on. And uh, we, we ended up going up 2-1 after uh, Monty Strickland double in the gap. Uh, great hitter right there. So, yeah, we ended up winning that game 2-1. Um, next day was was game two. Unfortunately, we uh, we went up 5 nothing in the first four innings, and then the game got called due to lightning. Um, I was mic'd oh. up for that game. You know, so if we, you know, the energy was there. We were, we were coming crazy up five, nothing in the fourth. Uh, you know, your boy, your boy Zay was on the, was on the mic. So we were coming different, but uh, unfortunately they moved it to the next day and CS 99 TV couldn't pop out. Uh, so we just finished the game in fashion, a cool five, nothing win. And we uh, took home the tri-county chip. Mm. But that foul ball is my favorite moment of them all, honestly. <laughs> that is the most hilarious one ever. It's like, foul tip. <laughs> yeah, and they just, they rode with it. Kind of laughing every time. Yeah, they rode with it. It still cracks me up, the fact that, you know, they listen to, to me. And a my player. Team. Yeah. <laughs> Not, let alone a player, but a mic'd up player. Oh, he had no idea. And, he, and if he did, I, it would have been a worse night for him, I'll tell you that. But another one of my favorite moments is when the ball was going for a home run and you said, oh, that's foul. <laughs> nah, that's a good one because, you know, uh, you hear it a lot when, when a kid gets uh, a hold of one, but it, but it's going foul. You know, you hear the whole bench, you hear the fans go, ooh, you yeah, know, exactly. like, but this and, one, oh, I mean, yeah, did he get, did he hit it hard? Yeah, but I mean, this was like. 30, 40 feet foul, and I don't know why they were they kept going going with it. So, you know, I, they were on the first base dugout, and I was at third base. You know, I wanted to join the party, but I wanted to, you know, also remind them that it was a foul ball. So I gave them a little ooh, and then with a little foul at the end, you know, to initiate that, you know, you guys uh, are crazy, and that ball wasn't even close. So <laughs> That's amazing. The, the chirps are just amazing, honestly. Appreciate that. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I did I did take a couple uh some good chants, some good chirps from uh, a couple of the teams that I watch when I'm working, you know. A couple of these guys are these kids are pretty funny with what they say at one another. So I had to, you know, steal some things from uh, a couple teams, a couple players. So that's how you have so many. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, always wondered how. Yeah, some of them some of them I can't all cut I can't all vouch for. Uh, you know, I, I'll shout a couple out, you know, uh, Charlie Jones, uh, Wake Forest commit from uh, East Coast Ghost. He gave me that little uh, that painting line, you know, talking about, you know, Michelangelo, Vincent Van Gogh. Mr. Drew Dark was just painting the corners like a painter. Uh, so shout out to Charlie Jones. Uh, he's out in Jupiter this weekend playing for Team Northeast, you know, represent the region right. I still think it's really cool that you get to like watch all these commits play. Yeah, it's honestly, it's a dream come true. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day, how I think about it and how I look at it is like, yeah, these kids are committed. They're about to go play at a D3, D2, D1 school, power five school, Juco, whatever the case may be. Um, but I get to see them develop, you know, over that 14, 15, 16, 17 year old uh, age 
onto like that next level of college baseball, pro baseball, you know, and I'm hoping, you know, by the time in the next 10 to 20 years, when I have my own family, I have my own kids, like, you know, they're on TV and I'm able to tell them like, Hey guys, like I got to see this kid when he was in high school. I got to see him develop every, every year, each year to, you know, the baseball, that baseball player that he is today. And, and to see, you know, look at him now, he's on TV playing for, you know, whatever team it may be. Um, yeah. but, you know, that's, that's the joy that I got that I get out of it. You know, that's the, that's what I feel like I'm doing right in in this sense, you know, it's kind of my responsibility, but at the same time, like I enjoy what I do because at the end of the day, like it's what they want to do. It's going to be their dream. They're living out. Yeah. I mean, he's think about it. The next generation always matters more than the last because they set the tone for the next generation after them. Correct. Correct. And, like, you look at Yasiel Puig pretty much set up the gen- the new generation. Because you see these guys having as much fun as he had when he was playing. And no one else had that much fun. And now, all of a sudden, everyone's doing it. Because you have players like Fernando Tatis Jr. taking after Yasiel Puig. And all those players just having fun and Juan Soto with his little slide with a pitch. I mean, it's just amazing seeing the game of baseball develop to be more entertaining as the days go by. I couldn't agree more with you, Ian, you know, like even with these kids, you see a lot of the, uh, the, a lot of the generation transition from the pros into these players. You know, you mentioned, you know, Juan Soto's little pre-slide before each pitch, um, you know, you see players do that, you know, the way they dig into the box, the, you know, the way they point the bat into the outfield, uh, the way they wear their pants, you know, the Evo shields that they wear, the glasses that they wear on top of their hats. You know, it's a generation thing. Um, you know, it all comes back to, you know, how I say, you know, look good, feel good, play good. You know, at the end of the day, if if they these kids see those pro players doing that, you know, they're going to believe that it's going to work for them. Now, not all the time, you know, there's little things that is an individual's thing. Um, but, you know, the fact that the, the pros do what they do um, and the generation that they have is, is kind of rubbing off onto the new generation. And like like you said, they're trying to set the tone and it's just going to follow each generation after each generation. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode, everybody. You can go follow um, Ishmael. Um just plug in your Instagram, honestly. All right, word. Um, but I want to thank you for having me. This was a cool, dope experience. You know, I'd love to get on it again, you know, talk it up. Um, you know, everyone go follow CS99TV on TikTok, on Instagram. Those guys are funny with what they do. You know, Pottstown University, the the Mike Dups. Um, stay tuned for some content. Uh, I'll be traveling in the next couple months. Uh, so it might not be as uh, available as I usually am. But, you know, if you guys have any questions, you know, hit my DMs, you know, reach out. I appreciate everyone's support. You know, make sure to follow Ian's podcast. He's doing a great job. Um, and I hope to be in touch with them again. All right. Thank you, Ishmael. We are glad to have you and we will be glad to have you anytime you want. All right. Appreciate and you, bro. that being said, see everyone in the next one. <laughs>